Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Con Carter Podcast, live in the studio here in the shadows of Mount Tibinogos, here in Happy Valley, Utah. So excited to be here today uh, to share more information, content on parenting, technology, raising your kids in this crazy world. And I'm so glad that you tuned in. I am uh, so happy today's topic. Um, I decided to do a cool series. I'm a girl dad. I'm a dad. I have four kids. And I uh, have realized through doing this stuff through social media for the last few years that I have way too many moms that listen to me. And I need to start talking more about being a dad because I'm a dad. I almost feel sometimes like I'm a second mom to my kids. Uh, and so I was re- I was thinking, I was taking some notes. I was like, okay, I want to reach out. I've spoken so many places, so many uh, schools, and I've had these amazing kids come up to me afterwards. I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, I want to meet your parents. Like, how did you become so awesome? And, uh, and so everywhere I go, like I usually take mental notes or I'll take, you know, uh, get emails or conversations back and forth. So I had this idea, and this is going to be the first of a series, uh, that I'm going to call, I don't know, family or daddy, daughter, daddy, son, or something like that, uh, where I want to interview people that I've met, uh, by meeting first their amazing teenagers and then talking to their parents too. Uh, and, and so today I have some guests, uh, that I have on zoom that are really not that far away. We could have just done this all in studio. Uh, but we're going to do it through Zoom, and uh, and I have the Brockbank. So I have Brad Brockbank and his daughter, Vic- Victory, who just graduated high school. So I spoke at her school. Uh, how long ago was that? Was that just like a, six months ago, a year ago? I forgot. When was it? When was that your high school? It was my junior year, so it would oh. have been a year and a half. Dang. Probably. It feels like it was just yesterday. I know. Me too. But I spoke at, the, I spoke at this high school, and this – darling like long brown hair girl comes afterwards with like the happiest smile face ever and she's like hi my name's victory and i'm like wait what like that's yes that's my, my oh my gosh amazing like that's so that's the coolest thing ever and she's like oh i love what you were talking about with like teenagers and connection and and i started this whole thing called friend which she's going to talk about a little bit which is this cool new movement which is going to be amazing of teaching kids about real connection. And as she's talking to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like, I have three girls, my oldest is 14. And I'm like, holy cow, like this is exactly what I would love to model my kids after. And so through the internets and through social media, somehow I got connected with her dad, Brad. And I reached out to him and I'm like, hey, tell me about you. Cause I know you do. And I looked him up and he does this amazing stuff with life coaching and helping people with their mindset. And I'm like, whoa, like, I wonder if he used mindset training on his kids too. Like maybe there's some good, something like that going on. Uh, and I wanted to have them come on the, on my show today and have a conversation about being a daughter, being a dad today and connection uh, as a family. Because I think that that is, as we look at all the issues and all the problems that are being created in our society, uh, obviously it all starts in the home. And if we as dads, I'm talking to dads now. Yes. I know there's not a whole lot of dads listening. So wives get your dads on or spouses or get your partners. Um, we need to find a way to be better and be more engaged because our daughters especially need this relationship and our sons. And so thank you so much, Brad, you're here too as well. I can see you and I can hear you. Thank you so much for joining. Absolutely. I'm very honored to be here. So let me introduce Brad. So Brad uh, runs a company called University of U, which is not the whole uh, college in Salt Lake. It's the University of YOU, uh, which is uh, an amazing coaching and something on, uh, about mindset. And, and um, he's been married to his wife for almost 20 years. They have four kids like we do. And Victory, his old, you're the oldest, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And you just what? You just graduated like what? Yesterday? Yep. Is that what it was? Yep. Uh, yeah. On 
Wednesday. And how amazing was this graduation where all of your friends got together and there was this huge room of people. Oh, wait. No, it wasn't that. What, oh, what, what did you guys end up doing? Yeah. <laughs> they did a good job making it special. They really put in yeah. effort to make us feel like important and stuff. And I mean, it was kind of nice to be done with it in five minutes. It was still bittersweet, but they did fireworks yesterday and that was pretty cool. So. I did see the fireworks, which was super rad. Yeah. And it was only took five minutes, which is amazing because I, Brad, yours yeah. too. I think our high school graduation was 11, 12 hours. Going through like name, and I felt like they just got the phone book and started. Aaron Ardvark, Aaron Ardvarks, <laughs> and you're like, dude. <laughs> Meanwhile, like Jason Cirillo's at the end, just like I'm out of here, dude. Um, right. But schools have done an amazing job. That's a whole different podcast. So, mm -hmm. um, so before yeah. we get into the topic, Victory, tell me about, a little bit about this thing you started called Friend. What is it, and what motivates you to start this? So, um, junior year. Uh, we were in history class talking about um, social movements throughout history in the U.S. that address different problems. And then we were talking about modern day ones and we were supposed to kind of come up with our own as an in-class assignment and just turn it in at the end of the day. And we were supposed to come up with an issue and a way to address that. Um, so, you know, you think about Operation Underground Railroad um, addresses modern day trafficking and human slavery. Yeah. So. I was thinking a lot about um, mental illness because I've struggled with anxiety for the past five years. And I was like, there's really not necessarily something that addresses that the way it needs to be addressed. And, yeah. you know, we have hope squads and uh, we have, I mean, every once in a while, someone will do an authentic Instagram post and open up about their experience, but it's not, it's not enough, not even yeah. sort of. And I was sitting there and I started jotting down these ideas on this paper and the acronym just kind of came to me really quick um, for a friend. It's fine to reach out. I encourage, notice it. And um, everything kind of flowing. And I was sitting there looking at this paper and the things that I wanted to address. And I was like, you know what? This could be a real thing. And yeah. I, could, I could make this something. And I was thinking like teens, no, no teen is standing up to do something. And then the thought kind of came and was like, why not me? What, what doesn't make me qualified? Yeah. And if, you know, if I have that desire to stand up and do something, then I should just do it. And so it was a lot of like up and down, but I remember, um, I had the ideas. I got really excited and went and bought the website domain for friendoutreach.com like the next day and like started this Instagram page that yeah. never had more than 13 followers. But like from the beginning, no matter what, I always knew I was going to turn it into something and I didn't know how I was going to, but I knew that it was what I needed to do. And you came to my school and everything that you said just struck me so deeply. Um, and I, I just, I felt so strongly like this is what I need to do. And uh, my math tutor, Denise Twiller, uh, her husband knows you. Oh, no way. And she, I think Trent. Trent, uh, yeah. Yeah. So she told me to name drop him when I Instagram DM'd you. Um, and I, it, you never saw it. So that's how I tracked you down at the parent night. And that's oh, when I met you. Okay. Yeah. Um, because you said it would be the last thing you were doing in the Valley for a while. And so I was like, I have to meet him. And I'm determined to shake <laughs> his hand and say hello. And so um, that was just a whole nother thing. But I've just felt like, throughout this whole journey since October, 2018, yeah. I've been like, this is what I need to do. I feel strongly about this. And I've already helped 
a lot of people. And that's what I just want to continue to be able to do. So I love when you said, why not me? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, when I usually talk at high schools, I usually say, look, the problems with, uh, that you're facing a lot of them aren't going to be solved by adults <laughs> in this room. They're not going to be yeah. solved. They're going to, tr- some are going to try some of it. Uh, the idiots like me try, right. Um, mm-hmm. the, a lot of teachers will try, but if you want to solve the problems, it's gotta be your generation. It's gotta be you, right? That's, that's, mm-hmm. that's what's going to make it happen. Uh, so, so you're heading off to college next year and you're going to continue this, which I, I think is super cool. And I'm going to plug this at the end. Uh, you're going to tell us where we can find out more information about that. Uh, now, Brad, tell us about what you do just real quickly with this university of you. Yeah. So the university of you focuses on mindset and helping people who feel stuck. I, I really try to focus on entrepreneurs. Yeah. They get excited. They've got something they're passionate about. They start to pursue it and then they hit these brick walls and they're, the more I coach, the more I find they're tied to anchors of the past, the, the limiting mindset. And so I've got a whole program that we walk through. It's called the Mindset Miracle. I teach people how to change the way they think. And then we start to, once we start those changes happening, we begin to pave those routes in their neural pathways so that yeah. they become more than habit. It's their reaction. It's their go-to way of thinking. Yeah. Rather than most of us, you know, people will do a podcast and they get off and they're like, oh, I should have said this or I'm so stupid. I should have done that. And they beat themselves up. Yeah. Where what my mindset training is, is teaching them how to say, man, that was awesome. I'm so excited. And even if there are opportunities where they could have done better, they're still looking at the positive and building up others around them, including themselves. Amazing. Um, we're going to talk a little about that with how that applies to, uh, raising kids. Um, victory, you mentioned that, uh, that part of the reason why you wanted to start friend and why you wanted to go help others is because this was something that you were dealing with yourself, right? Uh, mm-hmm. with, uh, things like mental health and anxiety and you're so not alone. This is like pretty much a hundred percent of people I talk to, but just mm-hmm. people don't want to talk about it. Right. Um, yeah. how, how, t- let's talk about how your dad how has he been raising you with this stuff? Uh, I think it's really fun to not just talk to parents about how they raise, but like, let's hear from their kids too. Uh, So talk about like, how did, what were the things that dad was doing and talking to you and and how he raised you and parented you that you felt gave you such a uh, platform or such an ability to be able to accomplish your goals and things like that. Yeah. So I think that the number one thing is my parents have always encouraged me to be a dreamer and to follow those dreams, um, which has been, I, I acknowledge every single day that I'm very blessed and lucky to have parents as amazing as I do. Um, but I, I think that the biggest thing that created our relationship was in sixth grade, he started doing daddy daughter dates regularly and we'd set our night every single week and we'd go do something and he would always spoil me. I remember forever. I will remember this one time Chick-fil-A did this event and uh, we got to ride in a limousine and get all dressed up. And um, I got to go on a date with my dad. This, it was like so cool. This isn't and, the one where you dress up like a cow to get a free sandwich. Is it that one that I see people no, do? No. <laughs> Are they that? Okay. This is a whole nother thing, but is it really that good? I drive by, I've had Chick-fil-A a few times, but I drive by the lines and I see people mm-hmm. posting their whole families, like spend hours to dress up like mm-hmm. cows just to get a free sandwich. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, dude, I will give you 12 bucks and you, right. can, you can go there. <laughs> That's a whole other thing. Anyway, so 
you went in and did this thing. This was sixth grade. Back to your story. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm a vegetarian now, so I don't really like oh. Chick-fil-A either, but. <laughs> they were that good. That's, wow. But uh, that's, a, that's a great Yelp review yeah. for Chick-fil-A. So good, I became vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> But, I'm, um, I'm losing focus he here. Did, yeah, go ahead. He did daddy daughter dates every week. And it was really special for me to have that time that I knew I could talk to my dad and let my walls down. He really became a confidant for me during that time. And oh. I mean, middle school is hard, yeah. like figuring out yourself and who you want to be. And like, basically every friend you make in middle school turns out to be fake. Yeah. <laughs> it's just all this craziness. And we had just moved to Idaho. We were only there for a year and then we moved back to Washington. Uh-huh. And then I started a whole new school all over again. And it was really crazy. But consistently throughout that time, I knew I had my dad and I knew I could look forward to those dates and that it was my time that he just, he just shut up and listened to me. Yeah. And it wasn't even him saying, it wasn't even him like coaching me at that point. Like he has definitely helped me through so many things. But at that point, he was just building that relationship where I had a space to talk to him and to trust him. And then over time, it became me asking him for advice on different things and helping me with boys and helping me with school. And it just he built that foundation of trust. I I know for sure that I can tell my dad anything and he would never look at me differently. He would never treat me differently. He will always love me the same because he spent the time to build that and I can trust him with anything. And I think that's wow. the most important thing for our family is the foundation of trust we have. We're very open about everything and don't ever have to wonder. And then, just, and, and that's amazing. Like, honestly, wow. I am so, if we could stop right now and if parents just took that home, like that's worth it. That's worth, yeah. that's worth a free <laughs> subscription. Um, yeah. I want to ask you a little bit about that though. Um, especially how did you, how, as you started doing that sixth grade, um, obviously not a whole lot of problems in sixth grade, probably for a lot of kids. I mean, it's not too stressful. Middle school is where it really kicks up. High school, it really, really kicks up. Um, uh-huh. Did you notice yourself opening up more as the problems came out or as the issues you're facing or the stress um, uh, as you went from higher year and higher, you know, what I'm saying, going higher, more classes, more yeah. schools. Like, I mean, yeah. Uh, did you? And, and let me let me really quick before yeah. you jump in on that, explain just a little, because I know that the listeners, um, they're sitting there looking at their kids yeah. saying, what's going on? Yeah. And for inc- all of us have incredible children, we're proud of them. We do the best we can as parents, right? And I'm listening to Victory talk and I'm like, oh, wow, I sound really good on paper. <laughs> I'm, I'm not an amazing dad. I, yeah. I'm an average dad. I uh, I like to focus on mindset. I've talked about principles about how to win friends and influence people, things like that, the, the seven habits, things yeah. like that. But um, I think we all as parents try to do that. But what it ended up doing was it created this complex that we're seeing so common today, which mm-hmm. is the perfectionism. Yes. Oh, my dad expects me to hit all these marks. And yeah. what I'm doing is just trying to make her better than I was. Right. Yeah. But that perfectionism kicks in and now these these kids are so stressed and they feel so much yeah. pressure to perform. And, and if they fell, yeah. it's devastating. Yeah. And perform and for their parents. Really. It's more, it's, it's not so absolutely. much. Yeah. Did you see that victory with your friend group? I mean, have your friends that uh, oh, felt that pressure? Sure. Yeah. Well, and I mean, so sixth grade is right when my anxiety started developing because of perfectionism. Yeah. And I had a teacher that always, always would, uh, 
reward me with praise and endless praise. And she'd hold it up in front of the class and say, this is what you guys should be doing. And this is Tori's work. She's amazing. This is the standard. And I would be like, Oh my gosh, I'm so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we moved to Washington. Um, I started a new school and I was going to a big school cause that was a charter school. Like I had a class of like 15 kids wow. and it was the same class. And when I moved to Washington, I'm switching classes every period and I have totally different teachers and my work is just there. It's just the work. They're yeah. not holding it up. They're not. not accolading. They're not double And you're like, wait a second. Like I, wait, why, yeah. why am I not having my parade? I just aced this exactly. spelling test. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that's it too. The A mm-hmm. was not sufficient. Yeah. And yeah. so that's where my anxiety developed from was perfectionism yeah. and just this impossible standard that I had to achieve that I never could. And, and my teachers weren't giving me that praise. And even the teachers that I did like were still not like, they, they just don't have time there. They have so many students. There's just not time for that. And so I started developing this idea that I wasn't good enough that nothing I ever did was good enough. And when my anxiety developed, we really didn't diagnose it till 10th grade. So I went yeah. through this for four years not knowing what it really was and why I had panic attacks and why I was always in this place. But throughout that time, throughout moving back to Washington, feeling like I didn't have very many friends because I went to a whole new school. um, I had that relationship with my dad and with my mom that I was able to lean on and feel like I can still talk to them. And they were there for me every step of the way. And I think honestly, the best thing a parent can do for their child is say, I'm here for you and I'm proud of you no matter what. Like, I don't give a crap if you have to pretend to be proud of your kid until you believe that you're proud of your kid. But that is all that we want from our parents. We want to know that we are valued and loved. And if we aren't getting that from our parents, then you better believe we're going to go get it from some other place that's not going to be good for us. And that's why we go get crappy boyfriends who are total jerks because we're not getting the, uh, the love and approval we want from our parents. And I see this so toxic in a lot of parenting styles where they withhold their praise or their pride in their children until they've reached this bar or this standard. And then they're good enough to say, wow, I'm proud of you. And I don't, I don't think that's how we should do it because I, I would be a total wreck if I thought, that my parents weren't proud of me if I wasn't a 4.0 student. And I held myself to that standard for a long time before I realized that I'm still good enough, even if I don't hit all straight A's, you know, and they still love me, even if I'm not doing a 7,000 extracurriculars. And I think that's what parents need to really understand is we just want to feel that you guys love us and and we want your faces we want your time yeah. we don't want all of this staring we at the want screen you, yeah. i mean as much as we act like crappy teenagers sometimes <laughs> and say like mom stop asking me about my day every single day that's that's what we crave that's yeah. I, every time my mom asked me about my day i'm like it was good but i look forward to her asking and to her caring about me yeah. and putting that phone down and giving me time Brad, what are your thoughts as you hear your daughter say that? That was amazing. Like, thank you so much for sharing that. Brad, what are your thoughts when she was explaining that? If just it, laying, if it, it, laying it down. <laughs> but I don't want to. Don't, don't want to break. She just dropped. She just dropped the podcast mic. <laughs> That's right. So, um, you know, she is. She really is the perfectionism. Watching her go through that because, 
you you look as a parent you say okay here's where my parents screwed up i'm gonna not do that i got i got this thing well my kids are gonna be amazing yeah and you go all the way to the extreme and then all of a sudden your tactics blow up in your face and you're like what i raised you like to not have problems and now we're having problems and (laughs) and what i Right. Something through your book. You're like, wait, I swear I read this part. Right. Where is it? Right? I gave her all the, all the books I've read and taught yeah. her all the things and checked all the lists. But, yeah. but then that just went the other side and that's where that perfectionism did come in. But, um, what it really came down to when I was, um, when the girls were young, I had a good friend, his name is Mike McQuivy and he had two daughters that were just about the same age spacing as mm-hmm. my daughters, but they were in high school at the time. And, And he said, Brad, the very best thing you can do as a father is to take your daughters on daddy-daughter dates and make it a priority. It's more important than your business meetings. It's more important than things you're doing with the communities. They are the number one thing. And I I really took that to heart. And I started, I I remember sitting there looking at my schedule saying, how do I get out of this meeting? Yeah. And I finally just decided to throw down and tell my boss, look, I'm sorry, but this is, you don't understand how important this is. Yeah. And as I made that a priority in my life, the girls saw that they saw me telling my boss, no, and they saw the fallout from that. And I think it built up in their minds. So I, was, I say there, cause I have a second daughter who's uh, just about to turn 16 and uh, they, they know how important those daddy daughter dates are. Yeah. And yeah, it made a huge difference. He showed us the way that we should be treated by a man, which helped me avoid so many toxic relationships. And that's not to say that I didn't have toxic relationships and that a lot of my relationships didn't work out, but I knew that I could cut it off sooner than keep going down that path because I knew the way that my dad had treated me. And that's that, that is the standard that I held it to. And that's what I deserved. Um, but I also think that what something you were saying what earlier um, with the perfectionism and everything, I think the other thing that parents think about building this perfect child kind of thing is we eliminate the failure portion, which is why it's so devastating to our generation to fail. Yeah. And I even see this, I mean, as the oldest child, I a lot of the times get in this like mindset that I'm like another parent, yeah, which yeah. really bugs my sister. But I see it all the time for me when I'm like, Abby, I don't want you to go on this date with this guy, which she's not 16 yet, but I don't want you to be hanging out with this guy. I don't think he's good enough for you. And he's too old for you. Or like, you should not be doing this and you should be doing this. And I get this parent like mentality, but it's, it comes from this total place of wanting her to be better than I am. And, but she, she, all the time she sits me down and says, you can't do this anymore. You have to let me live my life and I am going to make mistakes and you need to understand that. And I get even like a little emotional thinking about it. And obviously like at this point, I'm able to say this because I've worked through this and we're at a really good point in our relationship, but she's saying, you need to let me make my own mistakes because I'm not going to grow otherwise. And I think that's where it's hard for parents is we're all and I'm not a parent, but we're all so scared of our children <laughs> failing, and we don't yeah. want them to experience the pain that we went through because we know it hurts. But you have to let them fail because we don't know how to fail, and failure is a part of life. 
It is not something we can avoid. It is not something that's going to disappear. We have to allow ourselves and our children to fail if they are to grow. And it's so much better to allow them to fail at the little things now than to fail massively and not know how to recover from that later yeah. on. So what would you say to your, if, if you could go back in time and, and, and talk to your 14 year old self or your sixth yeah. grade self, is that the conversation you'd have with yourself? Uh, if you yeah. could go back and grab your cheeks, it's, you know, 12, 13 years old and yeah. say, listen, young Victor, victory, like, let yeah. me tell you, what would you say? To, what would you say? I feel like don't be afraid of failure. And my dad, I remember um, one year he he learned this idea of embracing the suck and congratulating yourself when you fail. Embracing and the he, suck is that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> it's a Marines. Uh, it's a Marines a Marine, slogan. A Marines yeah, slogan. Yeah, yeah. Even though it sucks, just embrace it and yeah. push through it and win. I'm gonna put that on my car bumper sticker <laughs> or on my vacuum. I, yeah. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I remember he like dropped something or spilled his milk or something like that. And he went, I failed. And we were all like, <laughs> what? what? It was like, it was such a weird, like random thing. But that like, at least for two weeks, he would start like, you failed. And he would like get this huge smile on his yeah, face. And wow. I would be like, dad, what the crap are you talking about? I just like biffed it and like made a total huge mistake and he was celebrating wow. my failures and it was like totally changed how I looked at it because if I wasn't failing I wasn't learning I wasn't yeah. growing and there was no progress being made and I would much rather fail and then be congratulated for that failure which is another thing parents should say it's okay you failed yeah. and not like not believe you this is not like you. This is not who you are. This is not who I have raised you to be. Get that's back on that need. horse right now. Yeah. 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 That's not what we need. We need you to just say, I love And I will all, that's where we will become the children that you actually want us to be. Because praise has always from the beginning of the time gotten you 10 times farther than criticism it has yeah. it's, it's funny if you think about it like a sports team a lot of us have played sports growing up and and when you're on a sports team and you're out there and you're, you're in the game right it's game time this game matters and you're you, let's say you're playing soccer and you go up your buddy goes he shoots he's got it open he's wide and he shoots and the ball just he totally misses it like completely off the goal nobody on the team says what the heck man what's your problem yeah hey dude good try that was i get it man i've been there I, you're right there you're wide open for the shot is that because soccer it, players are just more understanding is that what it is or i don't think so <laughs> but but that in our in our world angel yeah. she went to byu and one of the professors one of the biggest lessons she walked away and she's brought this into our family is that we're on the same team yeah and so when there's a dispute or a failure or something, or we feel that, that pressure mounting, you can feel the anxiety or the frustration. She says, guys, we're all on the same team. And that brings us back to a cohesiveness that yeah. we focus on the direction that we're all working together. Yeah. And, and so for your listeners and those parents, when they're like, 
oh, I'm doing it again. Darn it. Switch that mentality. Start to think about, okay, we're on the same team. How do I, how do I build the situation rather than tear them down? Well, because you have to work as a unit to move together towards your goals. Yeah. And if you're yelling at your teammates and everyone's fighting, there's no way you're going to win that game. There's no way that you're going to perform as a team if you're not working as a team. And, I mean, that's in every Disney movie ever. If the <laughs> guy starts getting excited about doing his own thing, then they don't win the game because he wasn't working with yeah. his teammates. You know? And in this case, I think a lot of parents need to realize is that if, if your kids don't want to play on your team because you're an annoying coach who screams at them all the time, they're going to want to look for a, a different team. Kids yeah. need to be on a team. They're, they yeah. have to have a tribe. They have to have that connection. And like you said, Victory, early on, that if you, if kids don't get that connection and that support and that love at home, they're going to find it somewhere. And the places they're searching are not places that they're, you want them to go find that love and that connection and that validation. That's why we, you know, that's, that's why if you open up apps like TikTok, you see a bunch of, you know, uh, young ladies dancing with most of their clothes off. And because again, trying to find that validation, support, community, if you don't get it home, you get it somewhere. And at least it's something, right? Which is horrible, but it's something, right? Now I've had, I, I remember um, hearing a church leader and we won't go into specifics beyond that, but I remember hearing a church leader when I was younger, I think it was early on married, and they said, you know, the importance of dads spending time with their kids, and, and he said, you know what, once a month, I have a, I have a over-the-desk interview with my children. I have them come into my office, and I sit them on the other side of my desk, and I interview them. Uh, and, and I know his intentions were to say, hey, you know, you want to talk to your kids and have conversations. When you were doing these with your daughter, Brad, was this that over-the-counter interview where you're just kind of slamming, like, tell me what you're doing. How is this? Where are you? Like, what, was it like that at all? No. In fact, uh, Victory actually really helped me to set parameters around it where she said, Dad, I just need you to listen. Yeah. And I'm sure not to get too emotional about it, but uh, it was such an honor and a pleasure just to hear my daughter talk. And to get to have her open up because most of the day, most of the week, uh, you know, with moms there and things, you think about dads, we all, our daughters don't open up to us, but man, when we went out and, and guys, uh, she made it sound really elaborate. It wasn't, we it would wasn't. go, we would go, we had this greasy Mexican restaurant <laughs> called Muchas Gracias up where, up in Washington. It was my favorite. Muchas Gracias. Yeah, muchas gracias, and it was—it's kind of like Beto, Beto's like a Beto's, in, yeah. uh, you know. But we would go and we'd buy these cheap, nasty burritos, and I would just listen. I just let her talk, and but it I was wasn't... so great because it was our—it was our place, and it was where yeah. we would go. And he set that time out, and it was our burritos. And yeah. it was our time, and I didn't have to share him or his attention with yeah. anything. It was just dad is listening to me. And like I said earlier, if you're, if, if as a parent, you're not there, fake it till you make it and just start <laughs> building that pathway. And if you want a good relationship with your kids, that's what they need. They just need you to listen to them. Yeah. And, and we were pretty broke at the time. Like yeah. My daughters were younger. We weren't rolling in the money. So these daddy daughter dates, you know, and there came a time where I was really busy and I only had lunch. And yeah. so I would go pick them up from school 
we would go to Muchas Gracias or whatever. I let them pick the restaurant. They knew they couldn't say like, oh, Ruth's Chris. <laughs> but they could pick something, you know, a fast food or even Applebee's at times. Um, and we were, we stayed on a low budget. Yep. There were times when I would do something a little more elaborate. Like I remember we went to uh, Oregon Health Science Universities. They had a uh, gondola that went mm-hmm. from the lower lot all the way up yep, to the other. Yep, yep. But it, was a, it was like a three dollar ticket to to ride up and we went we drove over to portland we rode the gondola we talked the whole time we took pictures it was really a neat and very inexpensive date it's not about the elaborate it's not about the money spent it's the time spent right it's the time i i even now all the time we we don't get to go on dates as often anymore with our crazy schedules but even now i know that we're both night owls and I'll be like, dad, I really just need to go for a drive and we'll hop in the car and we'll just go drive. Wow. It literally costs nothing, but he just knows that that is his time to listen. And I just need to talk and I'll just say, let's go for a drive. And he, he's also become intuitive to me where he'll be like, let's go for a drive. And he'll just yeah. say that. To he me. can tell something's going on that you need to talk. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think one of the parts I want to point out here is that uh, you started this young, right? I mean, you started this when she was 11 or 12, and that's why it was so easy to do it when she was a senior in high school or a, a stinky 13-year-old who parents you know, always have troubles with. Uh, but for the for the parents out there who are listening, who are like, oh gosh, they're feeling so crappy right now because like, you know, my kids at 16, 17, they don't want to, they don't even want to look at me right now because they didn't forge these relationships and create these areas of trust. Um, by doing these things. Uh, Brad, what is your advice to parents who have that 16, 17 year old junior senior in high school where they didn't do this and they feel right now crushed, like they want to be able to have that relationship, but they're just not sure how to start. I mean, how do they, how do they go to the kids? Like, Hey, uh, you know how, like you hate my guts and, uh, I've never really looked at you much in the past two years. Like we're going to muchas gracias right now for the burritos, get in the car. And the kid's like, no, I'm not going anywhere with you. What would you say to them? So, so for those parents, uh, imperfect action is the most powerful uh, business thing that I've ever learned. And it applies absolutely into the family. Just do it. Yeah. Like, it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be messy. They're not going to want to talk. Just go and say, I'm not. And this, you have to really bite your tongue uh-huh. physically. I'm, I'm saying you may have to physically stick your tongue in between your teeth and bite it. Don't just shut up and listen. Say, what do you want to talk about? And they say, I don't want to talk about anything. Say, okay, well, let's, let's just drive. And, and, uh, I just want you to know, I want to be the parent that you want me to be Wow. because we're on the same team. Yeah. And I, I know I've screwed it up. I know I've done it wrong. I know I've not been, the dad or the mom or whatever I, I needed to be for you. But man, I wish I, the only message behind it all when I'm frustrated or I'm pushing you or I'm even when I'm yelling, it's because I want you to be better than I was. Yeah. And it's because I really love you. Yeah. There, needs, need to shut up. there needs to I, be, yeah, there needs to be more vulnerability uh, I think I, I think our generation, Brad, I'm probably the same age as you, or or just you know probably a little younger. Uh, just <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I mean my parents were decent, good parents when I was growing up, but like it feels like that 
the old way of parenting was, you know, I'm the breadwinner and I'm going to go work and then provide. And then your mother's going to do this or wherever it was. And if it was a single mom, I mean, uh, and now, and, and kids were kind of okay with that. Right. But yeah. everything has changed. Everything has so changed. And that's not just technology. It's just society in general. And you, you can't do that old ways of just saying, I'm a dad, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to go put food on the table and then I'm going to go golf with my buddies and I'm going to go ride my bike with my friends for six hours on Saturday. Like you, you, you have to spend time with these kids. You have to be there. They need, they need you to be there. There's the force and pressure on kids today. And Victoria, Victoria, you know, this as just graduating high school a couple of days ago, like it is, there's the when I hear parents say like, I don't know my kids struggling. Like I went through high school. Okay. Unless you graduated high school in the last three years, you have no clue what it's yeah. like for these kids today. Uh, it's not just pressure to get into school. It's pressure from social media. It's pressure from friends. It's, you know, in my day I played baseball in high school and like, do we had practice for like an hour and a half a day? And now kids starting in like third grade or on have like four hours of practice a day for sports. And, and so it's very, uh, there's a lot of pressure. Uh, but I'd love the take home message that, that your kids need you to have these relationships with them and they need you to spend time and it doesn't need to cost a lot of money. It does, it, it does not need to be, Hey, we're going to Cabo in two months and we'll make time then. So shut up and leave me alone and let dad work. And, and, and you know, we've all some, we've all been there. I've been there too. It was like, Hey, just leave me alone. Cause if I don't do this then you're not going to go to Disneyland in six months and then for that week we'll have fun. And then you finally get to Disneyland and you pay 25 bucks for parking and 11 bucks for a churro. And you're like, this sucks. Like why? Uh, so making, making time and it does take effort, but it doesn't take a lot. You have inspired me so much. Like as, uh, I am so pumped to do that. I mean, I, uh, I think I had this conversation on a previous podcast, which I'm not even sure if it's aired yet. Uh, that my oldest daughter who just turned 14, um, she's wanting to grow up and, and, and see that we are trusting her with more stuff and, and, and something simple just the other, a uh, couple weeks ago. Uh, we, we're pretty good with structure and routines and it was like, okay, well here's bedtime. So it's like, you know, uh, start going to bed. We don't let our kids just stay up and watch movies and do all this stuff and stay up to midnight. Um, and all the kids went to bed, the younger ones. And I, and I looked at her and I was like, Hey, like it's like nine 30, nine 45. Like I know you usually go to your room and like maybe, you know, read a book and go to bed, but do you want to like just stay up and watch some stuff with me? And, and she's like, Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm like, what have you always wanted to watch? And she's like the office. And I'm like, <laughs> Let's do it. And so, for the, and so every night for like just the past couple of weeks, like when everyone else goes to bed uh, and my wife will even go to bed, like her and I just sit on the couch and like just watch some office together. And, and, and I saw it in her face. Just that one thing changed yeah. everything. She's like, Oh my gosh, like, look at this. My dad and my wife told me the day she's like, I remember her dad died when she was 14. It was really sad. She wasn't there to say goodbye. It was very tragic. And so she was 14. So same as my daughter. And, uh, and she said, I remember sitting on the couch at nine, at like 1030 at night and Carson would come on or whatever, whoever was Jay Leno, whoever was back then. And I remember just sitting on the couch, just me and my dad. And he was just laughing hysterically at this stuff. And I will never, ever forget them. And so I'm so grateful for both of you. So to find out more information, victory, uh, victory about friend, is there any, is there a place they can go? Is there an Instagram page that people can check that out? Yeah, so currently I'm running everything on my Instagram page. It's literally just Victory Brock Bank. Um, okay. No, no periods or anything, just straight up Victory Brock no. Bank. Okay. I post a lot of inspirational content. I'll go live every once in a while to talk about different topics with mental health and cool. um, reaching out to friends and all that stuff. And then once um, my dad does his second launch, 
we're going to get my portion launched and then I'll have the website link in my bio. So, so. cool. So cool. And I will, and once that, once that's ready to go, send me a message. And I'd love to share well, it sure. with my followers and Brad, uh, how can people find out more about, uh, university of you? Y O U, not the Utes. <laughs> <laughs> you could go to, uh, the letter U of Y O U.org okay. or you can check us out on Facebook. Uh, we've got just search, uh, university of you. And we have an Instagram page for it. We have an Instagram cool. page and uh, I'll you can also follow my personal page, which is at Brockbank, just B-R-O-C-K-B-A-N-K. And yeah, we'd love to have you follow us along on Fantastic. our positive journey. Thank and you. if anyone yeah. if anyone like who heard this like wanted to reach out to me, like please do to ask me questions or anything else. Like I love yeah. talking to people about this stuff. So there's, there's that. Well, be careful what you wish for. Uh, you might get, you might get flooded. So uh, you heard if you want your kids to talk to someone who's been through it, who's obviously from what you heard today, has got a really awesome head on her shoulders and very passionate about this. Reach out and uh, and get some uh, some knowledge from Victory there. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining today. Um, I'm going to publish this as fast as I can. Uh, to find out more information about what I'm doing, go to at Colin Carter on Instagram. Uh, I'm so happy to, to share this with you. I'm going to go have some daddy-daughter dates. Go give your kids an eight-second hug. We'll see you next time.